You know how every state in America has its own state flag, state motto, state bird, etc.? Well, where I live in the absolutely gorgeous state of Tennessee, fall is almost like the state season. We don't do winter like the northern states, very little snow, comparatively speaking. And we certainly don't do summer like the palm-laden coastal states that I also love so much. Our spring can be an allergy nightmare for those who suffer. But fall? That's our season. Albert Camus may have been a French writer, but I'm pretty sure he had in mind places like Tennessee when he wrote, quote, Autumn is a second spring when every leaf is a flower. The weather's mild. The trees are full of beautifully colored leaves and people are outdoors every chance they get, whether it's taking a walk, visiting one of hundreds of fall festivals around the state, or just firing up the grill. And maybe it's because the University of Tennessee is famously orange, but pumpkin-flavored everything and anything literally takes over Tennessee in the fall. Kind of the way dirty laundry takes over a college dorm room. It's truly relentless. Not that I'm complaining, mind you. I'm, I'm actually part of the problem because I'm constantly buying pumpkin-flavored everything. What can I say? I love pumpkin. That said, if by some horrible, cruel twist of fate I had never even heard of a pumpkin and I ask you to show me what a pumpkin is, it's highly unlikely that you would grab your pumpkin spice latte and just tell me to drink it up. In fact, you wouldn't grab a pumpkin-flavored anything. You'd get a pumpkin. Or maybe even take me to the most sincere pumpkin patch that you knew of to show me a truly great pumpkin. Or let's use another fall favorite example. If I ask you to show me an apple tree, you're not going to show me an apple. So what's my point? It's simply this. Most of what people hold up as examples of leadership aren't leadership at all. They may be the result or the fruit of leadership, but in themselves, they aren't leadership. For decades, corporate America has told us repeatedly that leadership is influence and or ability and or position and or control and or charisma or money or power or followers, etc. Constantly holding these things up as the truest, purest examples of what it means to be a great leader. I have an entire shelf full of books in my library that echo those thoughts. The same concepts rehashed over and over and over. The focus, of course, always winds up being on the results. The apple, the much-loved pumpkin flavoring. And for years I've questioned, is this really the better way to think about leadership? I mean, aren't we pointing at all the wrong things? Let's just think for a moment about the most popular definition, which is that leadership is influence. The dictionary defines influence as, quote, the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior of someone or something. Now, I think I've mentioned before that I love taking those nice brisk walks around the many green spaces here in my town. One park I love is especially lush with trees, but in the fall, it's also lush with spiders who love stringing their webs across the pathways. Now, if you've ever accidentally walked through a spider web and done that, I think I've just lost my mind dance, then you know what comes next. That path is now off limits unless I wait for some other sucker to walk through it first and clear out all those arachnid traps. That's influence. 
Those little spiders completely change the behaviors of me and many of my fellow walkers and joggers. But it seems kind of silly to call spiders leaders, doesn't it? Even in my small town, there are certain areas that are known to be unsafe. Now, once I learned what those areas were, I have permanently avoided them. That's influence. But it seems silly to call criminals great leaders. On September 11, 2001, a group of terrorists succeeded in forever changing the way America and other countries around the globe think about security and safety. But it seems silly to call terrorists great leaders. Sure, influence can and probably should be a natural result of leadership, but influence in and of itself isn't leadership. I mean, if you want to talk about influence, Jesus had arguably the greatest influence on humanity of any person who's ever lived. In fact, many people, myself included, would say that Jesus was the greatest leader who ever lived, hands down. But look at Matthew 20 and how Jesus defined his leadership role on the earth. He said, quote, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become a great leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Shocking, isn't it? He did not say that he had come to gain followers or direct a group or hold a position or even to influence others. It seems that Jesus' model of leadership was not based on ability, influence, position, control, charisma, know-how, success, or any of those things. Instead, his model of leadership was based on his passion to be who the Father had ordained him to be, a servant. And he came to serve by one, setting an example among us, two, delivering God's message to us, and three, making things better for us with his beneficial sacrifice. Now, that's really the only result that Jesus seemed to be concerned with, being the servant that God had called him to be. There were times when Jesus had no followers. There were times when he was not directing any group There were times when his influence was unnoticed or at the very least unrecorded. Yet, Jesus was at all times the perfect example of a true leader because his doing always flowed out of his being. When you come to understand exactly what it is that God has called you to be and subsequently set out to achieve the will of the Father, you are a true leader. Part of being a leader means adapting a better way of thinking about leadership. It means realizing that it's not about me, not about my influence or my position or my power or my charisma. It's not about getting ahead at all costs. It's not even about being recognized. It's about finding out what others need and then doing what it takes to help them out. In other words, it's about being a servant. Eugene Peterson paraphrased Philippians 2, 3, and 4 in this way. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough 
to lend a helping hand. Jesus shows us that a true leader is a servant whose heart's desire is to help others succeed, knowing that it will require some sacrifice. And that kind of leadership is the flavoring that our world really needs right now. Remember, a better mind always leads to a better life.